Welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I am your host, Dan Donahue. We got some questions. I'm going to get rid of this slideshow real quick, but how is everyone? How are we doing? Hey, it's seven days after New Year's Eve, and we I'm sure all of us have relinquished our plans of learning how to juggle, of finally becoming the people that we were always meant to be, of um, telling our significant others that we actually want to parasail professionally for the rest of our lives. We've relinquished those things. Now we're in that beautiful part of the season where we are full of energy and we've let go of any form of action that we plan to achieve with that energy, right? It's, it's a beautiful time. It's a, a sort of spastic, uh, fast-moving, hyper part of the year where we don't know what to do and the world doesn't seem to know what to do with us. I am your host, Dan Donahue. We've gotten questions from a number of people that we are going to answer today. Uh, hello, and we have the chat open for anyone who wants to throw in their two cents. Maybe you can solve these people's problems better than I can. Uh, I mean, there's no chance of that because I'm one of the smartest, most well-equipped uh, people on any social media platform. As I said earlier, I have... I have about 17 now doctorates uh, across multiple fields, and I'm licensed in over 60,000 various things. So I'm going to use that expertise now to answer several questions. Uh, we're going to start. I had a plan. I looked at these very briefly before. Oh, these are all really good questions. Okay. Here we go. First question. Should I confront my family members, my extended family members, about their hypocrisy or should I shrug it off? That's a great question. Should I confront my family? Because we've all had those moments. We've all had moments of family members being hypocrites, usually politically. You know, our, our uncle calls millennials the laziest generation of all time. And then he works part-time at a lumber liquidator, uh, which he is need to do, right? But the question is, should I confront my extended family members? Now, close family members, absolutely. Close family members, if, if you're going to be in close quarters, confront them. Extended family members, I'm going to say something that might be controversial. Absolutely not. And here's why. You should not confront your extended family members about their hypocrisy. You could, should confront the inner circle, okay? Because the inner circle is the group of people that you are going to have to use to shit-talk who? The extended family members. If you cure the extended family members of their hypocrisies, who are you going to shit-talk at family gatherings? There will be no one left, okay? Do you know who's not fun to talk shit about? People who have their lives in order. Do you know who's not fun to talk shit about? People who have resolved their trauma. Okay? You know what? how boring it would be showing up to Thanksgiving and everyone's just fine? Like, oh, oh, hey, did you hear about Uncle Jeff? He, he got into an argument with his wife and then solved it with skills that he learned uh, 
emotionally. You know, no one wants that. No one wants that. People want Uncle Jeff to talk shit about uh, about homeless people, while at the end of the day, Uncle Jeff himself is being supported by the grandma. And if the grandma cut him off, he would be in the same place, right? That those are the kinds of people we want to have at the, because you want someone to talk about with your sister, right? So I say. Keep the extended family members hypocrites. Keep them yapping. It's exciting. It it does no harm except to them and everyone around them. Okay? Isn't that something we can all deal with? Great question. Second question. Just got out of a six-year relationship. How and when do I start dating? First of all, let me say, whenever I hear, get a question about someone breaking up, if it was your idea, congratulations. If, if it was not, they weren't shit anyway. All right? I am always on the side of the question asker. Why isn't your ex following me? That's my question. One of you is on my team, and that's the one right here who asked the question. If you got out of a six-year relationship, I, you know what? See it as less of a uh, see see it as less of a daunting experience, right? You you shouldn't be daunted. You shouldn't be. Uh, you should feel excited. You you should go ahead and date the people that you you would never even think of. Date a guy who parasails, right? Open up your mind. Take the opportunity. Uh, date guys that you find despicable, unless this is a. Uh, Unless this is, uh, you know, a, a straight guy who asked this question, in which case, date, date a lady who works at a place that sells mead. You know, mead, an old form of liquor, famous in middle age times, okay? That's who you should be dating. To go out there, explore, experience, all right? D don't, th immediately, all right? You don't want a second to heal. You don't want it. Here's my advice to you. You don't want to take a second to account for yourself. You don't want to take a moment to find who you really are, to maybe take accountability of what you did wrong in the relationship. No, 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 no. We never want to do that. You want to get right out there and start dating a fisherman who fishes for eel. Okay? That's who we want. Which one are we going to get stories from? Can I, can I just ask this question? Who are we going to get stories from? You got out of a six-year relationship. You want to keep your friends interested. Now you're one of the interesting friends. Isn't that an exciting idea? Isn't that an exciting feeling? You're not one of the friends who's dating someone anymore. No, 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 no. You're in the trenches now. Welcome. Okay? I say welcome. I've been in a very nice, committed relationship for two years. And I rely on my single friends to bring me stories of horror. Okay? And that's what your responsibility is now. You need to relay stories of horror and trauma from the dating world. Okay? When do you start dating? Right away. Take no time to account for yourself, to account for why the relationship ended, to account for uh, who you really are before experiencing another person. No, 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 no. Hop right back in. Obviously, I'm kidding. When you say, when do I start dating? 
whenever you feel like you have fully integrated the experience of the relationship that you were just in, the good, the bad, you take the good, you leave the bad. That's what the actual answer is. But is that funny? No. And I have labeled this under comedy. I can't give genuine advice to people. First of all, what if you found out what I'm really like and who I really am? I can't have that. There's no way. I would never allow that to happen. But that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. What do you think is the most different two people can be to fit into opposites attract scene? Oh, so you're asking how different to be... Oh, I mean, as different as possible. And the more different, the better. Those are the best scenarios. All right? Opposites attract, so I assume this is in like a romantic sort of way. I'm, I'm talking Green Beret and furry cosplayer okay that's who i want to see in a relationship green beret on one side furry cosplayer on the other side do you know why because that kid would be unstoppable that kid would be an unstoppable force of nature the world has never seen before okay oh two bankers do you think, do you think, uh, do you think, ooh, an, an electrician and a carpenter? No. You think that, do you think they're going to make a kid with a rich inner world? No. You know who will make a kid with a rich inner world? A green beret and a furry cosplayer. All right. Could you imagine how strong that kid would be? That kid has every survival skill in the entire world and also knows how to make a perfect replica fox costume, there's no stopping them. I want my kid to be the strongest, most well-equipped, most powerful person at a convention. That's what I want. That's a great question. How different can two people be? That different. I want them to be that different. I'm tired of this idea of this thought that you have to be exactly the same as people to be attracted to them. No, no, no. No, don't restrict yourself. You are you are staving off a beautiful life experience. Great question. If you go to a gas station just to pee, should you buy something or just walk out? This is a this is a situation that is a constant source of anxiety, fear, uh, uncertainty in my life, right? I, I've been this guy, okay? I want you to know, I want everyone to know, I've been, I have been the person in this situation. I have gone into a place, here's my move. When I go to a gas station just to pee, which I've done, okay, and I'm not proud of it, I've taken advantage of these businesses, okay? But when I walk into a gas station, right? And I just need to use the bathroom, which for some reason, we have not figured out the fact that people actually have to use the bathroom. So we've created this very strange reality where we know people need to go to work and they need to come back from work. And a lot of people commute for that. And a lot of people have to do other things. 
And in the city I am in, they have they they conceptualize the average LA person as a person with uh with a bladder this big, who net well it, which is it's true that they never eat food, so they'll never have to go number two. And their bladder is this big, so they never have to go to the bathroom. That's how that's how the city planners of LA were trying to build the city. If you have to pee in LA or New York, why did you even come out? Why did you, oh, I go on the road sometimes, I have to go on road trips, and every now and again, you reach a long stretch of road, and then you have to use a gas station to use the bathroom, right? My move, always, always, was to go in and ask for something that I knew they didn't sell at that gas station. I would go in and say, uh, like, oh, hey, do you guys sell decorated pine cones here? And they would go, oh, no, and I would be like, oh, pfft. Well, I traveled 45 minutes to this gas station in hopes you would have decorative pine cones. How about I just mosey on into the bathroom? That would be my move, right? I'm not proud of it. I would go in and I would say, hey, uh, do you have a figurine of a lizard doing a handstand? And they would be like, no, we have lizard figurines. And I would be like, any of them doing a handstand? And they'd go, no, but you could check. And I'd be like, ah, it's handstand or bust. Anyway, could I use your bathroom, please? And one time, I swear, I go to, uh, I'm on my way to Arizona, and I stop at, like, a gas station, but, like, a smaller, not, like, your your typical big gas station, not, like, a Love's, not, like, an Arco, big place. And the, I go to there, and I go, do you guys have bird cages? Because I heard, uh, I heard another comedian who said when they were shoplifting from places, they would ask, one person would distract the cashier by saying, do you have bird cages? Because they never have bird cages, right? So I was like, oh, that's so smart. I'm not shoplifting from this place. I just need to use the bathroom. But if I ask if they have bird cages and they say no, I will have full right to go use the bathroom. So I go up there and I say, do you have bird cages? And they said yes. And they pointed and they had like, it was a real rinky-dink gas station. And they had this little, like, uh, like a few of them. Not just, not a small amount. A few small bird cages. I guess enough truck drivers own small birds, which imagine being that bird, amazing, where they sold bird cages there. So I then had to uh, act as though their bird cages weren't up to snuff for me. And that is, that is depressing, right? Because not only did I lie to this gas station to use the bathroom, now I need to insult their bird cages. I actually think it's cool that they sold bird cages. I think that's nice despicable my actions in that case were despicable so i say walk in if you're a really moral person okay you go to the counter and you say hey can i use the bathroom because chances are the person there will be happy that you are wearing shoes and do not have tinfoil as clothing so they will go of course you can use the bathroom sounds good and then let me t oh let me tell you something also to the viewers to the three people viewing this right now, listen closely. If you are going to a gas station bathroom and you don't buy anything, which is okay. Listen, I get it, okay? We're all not perfect. We're not flawless. You leave that bathroom clean. If you go use the bathroom of any establishment that you are not patronizing and you do not leave it clean 
you are going to hell. Keep that in mind. I've worked in enough places. I have had several people. Oh, hey, how are you? I have had several people come up to me in my front desk position and go, hey, can I use the bathroom? And I said, yes, let me do something nice for a person. Let me once in this cruel, unforgiving, hard world where once things were soft and beautiful and food was plenty and we roamed the earth with only the concept of when is our next meal and who is our next love. And we created this cold, harsh universe around ourselves. We made our own prison where we have to walk around and ask, can I use the bathroom? Can I use the bathroom? And I saw a fellow weary traveler. And that weary traveler said, can I use the bathroom? And I opened my doors. I opened the doors to the barn of my inn and I said, yes, you may use the bathroom. And then they ruined it. Do not be that person. But great question. New question. <laughs> I would like a new boyfriend, but I really hate dating. What should I do? Listen, if, uh, if this were a real advice podcast, I would tell you, uh, sometimes our wants naturally take us out of our comfort zones. Sometimes the things that we want by necessity make us do things we do not want to. And by that, force us to grow as people. But this is not a real advice podcast. And so I will tell you, you need to get creative. You want a boyfriend and you don't want to date? You don't want to do the easiest thing? You're going to have to do some hard things, okay? You're going to have to go to a rock climbing gym. There's fellas there. I'll tell you right now. There's fellas there. Fellas with big, ropey forearms. Fellas with long, greasy hair. Fellas with weird, messed up fingers. You go there, but you don't want to date, okay? So here's what you do. You go to that rock climbing gym. You get the code to the door. You come in after hours. You mess with the harnesses, okay? When when a guy gets halfway up the wall, realizes his harness is broke, calls down, I need someone to help me. That's when you come in because you've been practicing, okay? You climb up like a squirrel. You squirrel your way up. You say, okay, I'm going to guide you down. Maybe, maybe throw in baby, okay? And then you slowly fall down with that guy. Boom. You didn't have to go on a date. He gets your number. You get his number. Think you're, think you're done? Uh-uh. Because he's going to call you. You saved his life. He's going to want maybe a date out of this. Hey, you don't, right? You don't want a date. So he calls you up. He says, "Hey, do you want to go to a restaurant? Do you want to um, do you want to go for a drink?" And here's the thing: you say yes, but we're playing the long game here. Don't worry, you're not gonna have to do this. But you say yes to the date. You he let him pick the place. He says, "I want to go to uh, Arbuckle's Brewery down on 408th Street." Dates at eight. Dates at eight. Sexy time for a date to be. Anything can happen with an 8 o'clock date. 7 o'clock date, they don't want to fuck you. Alright? 10 o'clock date, they only want that. 8 o'clock date, anything is possible. Right? So, you go there at 7. 
pull the file fire alarm. Okay. I'm not. And now this is a comedy podcast. Okay. And I want to say I'm talking to a fictional person. This is a fictional scenario. I am not even real. I am AI. Pull the fire fire alarm. All right. You got yourself out of a second date. He shows up. You go, oh, no. The, the, the play. You know what would be even better? Put yourself in another situation where you have to save his life. Why not? Why not? Get a friend. He's walking on his way to the date. Get a friend to, uh, to black bag him real quick. All right? Take him into an alleyway. Who's there to save him? You are. Kick your friend's ass. Pay him a couple bucks for it. All right? He goes, oh, my God, that was so scary. You go, yeah, that was so scary. Talk a little bit in the alley. That's date two. You keep that up until you're married. That's that's my – because you save – if you save someone's life three times, they marry you. <laughs> I know that through extensive dating research. How do I tell my boss she's an idiot and keep my job? Hmm. Well, first of all, take account. I don't know what's going on at your work situation. Maybe your boss has a hard life. Maybe it's tough for them. Maybe, and I'm not saying you are. Maybe you're an idiot. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'm just asking questions, okay? I'm just asking questions. It's such a funny thing when people say something horrible and then go, I was just asking questions. No. If, if your boss is an idiot, okay, so, so let's really do this. I'm going to really answer your question. That was just me goofing around. I'm going to really answer your question. Don't tell, show. That's what I say. You know, show and tell? You don't tell. Tell will get you in trouble. Show, there's a little play. You trick your boss into playing games of wit. All right, and you slowly break down their confidence in their own mental capacity. You're at the water cooler. Your boss walks by. You go, "Oh, look what I just found on the ground." Toss him a Rubik's cube. You had the Rubik's cube in your pocket the whole time. The whole time. All right, they didn't know that. You go, "Oh, hey, how about you solve that bad puppy?" Hey, how about you? How about you fix that bad Larry up real quick? They start sweating. They start hyperventilating. You go, oh, what's wrong? They go, <laughs> boom, all right? And then they, they drop it in fear and they leave. That's that's the first, listen, there's gonna be a lot of steps to this, okay? Second time, your boss walks by and you go, uh, you go, oh, uh, hey boss, I, I forgot, what, what's the Pythagorean theorem again? Just something that they should have forgotten a long time ago. Right. And by the way, uh, as a side note, and I don't mean to, uh, I, I don't mean to, you know, if you still know the Pythagorean theorem, take account of your life. Okay. Because I, I, first of all, if you do, do not add it into the chat. I will have you blocked, banned, and thrown out of whatever country you reside in. Okay. If you still know the Pythagorean theorem, let it go. You don't need it. We've all realized we don't need it. Let it go. 
But yeah, trick your boss into into games of chance. Have them play Settlers of Catan with you a few times. That'll that'll teach someone a little bit of mental humility. That's what I say. Great question though. Sorry to come at the Pythagorean theorem so hard. I think this is the last question. Someone just said the quadratic formula is harder than the Pythagorean theorem. Hey, good news. I don't know either of them. Do you want to know why? Because I pay taxes. <laughs> just, just a guy who is so insecure about his lack of knowledge that he has to bring up that he's a taxpayer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't know the quadratic formula. I had to wake up at 7 this morning. Um... Okay, how do, this question is pretty funny. It's a good one to end on. How do I rekindle my constant anger? I used to have deep-seated rage, but resolved it. Listen, we live in a pretty messed up world, okay? It's a, and it's a world that's always telling us stuff, like what we should do. It's a world that's telling us, you shouldn't punch holes in drywall. <laughs> it's a world, it's a world that goes, you, oh, why are you screaming at your sink? Why are you screaming? Because. Because the water pressure isn't good and I don't know how to fix a sink. So it looks like yelling is the only thing either of us know how to do in this situation. Mr. or Mrs. Smarty Pants. Okay? So you need to rekindle your anger. In a, in a real, uh... In a real sense, in a real, uh... Thing. I actually do, I don't think anger is the right word, right? Rekindling your anger is not a, a good goal, I don't think. But I do think people, especially in professional settings, I've seen it many times, are forced to, um, oh, somebody said, this is your question. Uh, I derive anger, oh, I derive energy from the anger but now I'm just tired and blah. Life lacks the edge. Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna speak frank with you. It sounds like maybe you over-rely on anger. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. And I can see how getting rid of that anger probably uh, leads your life into like a, a steady buzz of nothing, right? Because it feels like you're not getting the highs or the lows. But just know, anger is not a good thing to derive highs and lows of. Anger is normal. Anger is fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with anger. There are certain things wrong with the outcomes of anger, right? So I hope you're not, you know, messing things up at your local Cold Stone Creamery. I hope you're not jumping over the counter at your local Cold Stone Creamery. Because the people at Cold Stone Creamery work hard. And making that ice cream is not a cinch, okay? But you can derive energy from other things. You should derive energy from excitement, from happiness. Try to find passion in other emotions because other emotions are just as good. I mean, I I understand getting energy from anger, but you could also get energy maybe from love. Oh, it got sweet there for a second. If you can find passion in anger, if your anger like, oh, that guy Jeff, he keeps parking in my parking spot. I'm going to... Uh, buy a bunch of fertilizer and see what happens. I can understand how that gives a little bit of texture to your life, right? But 
I think that what you can do is get passionate about maybe making people feel good. Go, I'm going to make Jeff. Th you should keep the same tone. That's what you do. Okay, I just figured it out. You should keep all of the trappings of anger. Increasing your tone, gritting your teeth, talking like this, uh, really like big expressive motions, but do it in kindness. You should walk into your job up to the person who works at the front desk, Heather, and you go, Heather, you make my life feel so good! And she'll go, uh, thank you? You get the energy of anger, right? But you do not need to have the negative uh, effects of it. That's how you solve it. Good. Oh, I'm glad I came up with a good solution for you. I was kind of, I'll be honest, out in the wind a little bit there for a second. You keep all of the emotive expressions of anger, right? You punch a hole in the drywall because you are so proud of your best friend for starting Al-Anon. That is what you do, okay? That is what you do. You flip over a table because you are so full of love for the people in your life. That's what you do. That Those veins in your neck should be bulging out because you are so full of hope for the future that you can't contain it. So you don't need to rekindle the anger, rekindle the passion. That's, that's a really confusing answer I just gave you because parts of it are kind of right and parts of it are so wrong and you need to figure it out. I don't have to. It's not my job. No, uh, really great question. Thank you for this question. Thank you for all the questions. The questions are great. Keep giving me questions. So this is the call to action portion. They, they say in every social media thing that you should have a call to action. It feels gross, but I'm going to do it. Please subscribe to the YouTube. If you're on Facebook uh, right now, please like, please comment, share even maybe. That would be really great. Uh, I post the podcast in audio form on all the podcasting apps. Most importantly, I need questions, right? I need uh, I need things. So please message me on whatever app you are watching this on and ask me a question. Or if you want something more anonymous or you have a longer question that maybe the apps wouldn't hold, email me at dancerspodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe. Uh, please like it really helps. I want to keep doing this. I'm having a lot of fun. This is completely selfish. I like to do this. So if you keep feeding me questions, I'm going to keep doing this. I like it a lot. And I like you guys a lot. Thank you. Thank you for making the live chat very fun. Thank you for listeners afterwards for listening when it's not live. Maybe you're a little shy for that, and I understand that. But thank you, everyone, for coming. I'm going to keep doing dancers. We're going to keep this train a-rolling. And sorry for not doing uh, my normal schedule, which is Sunday. But it's because I'm doing...